Playoff soccer coming up this weekend with New York in Philadelphia to take on the Union. Today on Red Bull Weekly with Connor Laden, we break down a little bit of the matchup, plus a visit from the encyclopedia of the franchise. Fernando Ruiz, the equipment manager who is retiring at the end of the season. This is Matt Harmon from the New York Red Bull Radio Network. Time for another episode of our podcast series, Red Bull Weekly. Looking forward to seeing the New York Red Bulls back on the field, a game that will take place Saturday afternoon in Philadelphia. It starts the Major League Soccer playoff season. It is the Union playing host to New York opening round of the Eastern Conference playoff. Philadelphia, the two-seed Red Bull, getting the seven-seed in the Eastern Conference. We're brought to you by NJIT with my podcast partner, Connor Laid. I'm Matt Harmon. Looking forward to today's episode. We're going to spend some time after the break bringing in what is a legend of the club, someone who never played a minute but has been so integral to the success of the team. That is uh, Fernando Ruiz, who is retiring as the equipment manager at the end part of the season. Uh, Connor, before we get into Fernando a little bit, let's break down just the excitement that is around this team right now going into the postseason and a union team that always seems to get up for playing the New York Red Bulls. That's it. Another year, another Philadelphia Union, New York Red Bull matchup in the playoffs. And, you know, you couldn't think of, uh, you know, a better a better matchup to start this thing off. Obviously, going down to Philly, you get to get a little bit of revenge um, for for the past. And uh, I think it's obviously it's a tough place to play. No doubt about it. Um, Philly's a very good team at home almost a, a different look to them at home and they're with the confidence that they have there, but very confident on our end. You can tell around the team that they're, they're primed and ready to go right now. They're a lot of confidence around the facility. Um, they know exactly what they have to do. They know the game plan that they're going in with and they're, they're going to go after it. And obviously uh, the type of run that they had at the end of the year, obviously you have to feel nothing but confident right now, getting into the playoffs and, you know, to match up with Philly and, you know, the the fight that it's going to be a battle. I think it's going to be a perfect introduction into the playoffs. We say so many times, Connor, when we kind of talk about either a game that was last week or whatever's coming up this week. In this particular case, what's coming up this week, uh, uh, whoever it is, Red Bull's playing contrasting styles. We don't get to say that this time because it's two teams that really like to kind of get after it, press the comparison has been has been made that Philadelphia has, in essence, kind of adopted a Red Bull type style, um, which which I think, from a tactical standpoint, almost sets up to be even more unique than just teams trying to figure ways out of the pressure. Because now it's how can you tweak the pressing style to maybe allow the opposition to see something that they haven't over the course of thirty four games. You know, it's it's so interesting, especially since they started playing this way. Um, and it, it's really more of a pride thing than anything. It's obviously there's tons of different uh, details within that are different for each club and things that are uh, not seen by the by the everyday fan. But I think 
it's it's more so a pride thing of who can be better at playing this way on the day. And that's the team who's going to come out on top. And obviously, uh, you know, we, we always talk about that a lot of times training is tougher than the games because you're playing Red Bull versus Red Bull system. And, you know, you're pressing each other. The team who's supposed to be kind of mirroring the the opposition in a walkthrough is still pressing a little bit because you just have these tendencies drilled into you. But you don't need to really make a lot of changes within that thing because this is how we train every single day. We're ready for this moment. And I think this is going to be a, a great matchup against two teams that like to get after it, pride themselves on having good defense, uh, on being very good defensively. And I think, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a battle of who who could be better on the ball, who can finish their chances, because, you know, they're going to be a little bit few and far between in this matchup. Couple of draws at Red Bull Arena in the second part of the season. Teams played very early in the year. That was a one nothing win for Philadelphia. Um, Connor, before we get too deep in it, because I think we could spend all podcast on going through the union playoff matchup on Saturday, but there's been so much content. There's be more content during the course of the week leading into it. I, I want to spend a couple of minutes before we bring our guest on, Fernando Ruiz, who has been with the team since the beginning of 96, such a touching tribute in the uh, final home game of the season to the man in, in so many ways that has probably the hardest job in the organization, but in so many ways, the most important job as the equipment manager on the field. Yeah. I, listen, I could go on for, for hours talking about Fernando and the job he's done and really the the legend that he is around these at the around the facility and Red Bull Arena and really the the entire area. Um but I think it he's just his role is so important within a team. And I think it, every single equipment manager, kit man, they are so they're integral within the the locker room within kind of connecting the players to to the front office to the coaches to really everything. They're that, that pin that keeps it together on every request that players have when some are crazy. And Fernando is always the type of guy who whatever you needed done, he'd get that done. And you always knew he was coming in the facility. You were just waiting uh, every day to come in and see what kind of things you would talk about in the locker room, kind of jokes that he had such an interesting character but more so getting a chance to sit down with him and talk through his knowledge of the team and the stories that he had was my favorite thing that I, you know, could, that I got to experience with him. And, you know, he, he's literally been around since the, the first days of this club and he's seen every single piece of history throughout the years. And so to have a player or to have a, a, a person like that to kind of learn about the history of the club and, to have a person like that to be kind of the first face that you see when you walk in that locker room, couldn't think of a better guy for the job. And and in so many ways, Connor, I, I, you know, I mean, you're a perfect guy to talk to because you came up through the academy, so you you saw him and had contact with him before you were even a, a professional player. He he's a guy that every time I have come in contact with him, number one, he makes you laugh every single second of every day, um, but. With his job, you could you could make the argument that it's a difficult job because you're dealing with a lot of things that 
people might not want to deal with. But yet he has this outlook on what he does and the overall importance to the club to make players, coaches, staff feel comfortable and not have to worry about the other things because he's on top of, of all of it. But yet he does it with a smile on his face. I've never really, I mean, maybe you have, I've never in seven years seen him mad or upset or angry and take it out on somebody else. Are there times where he's annoyed? I'm, I'm sure that's the case, but he doesn't ever let it on to anybody else, which I think is just fascinating in his role. Yeah. And I think that's what makes him so special is that, you know, no matter how tough of a day that he's having, he walks in that locker room, he's, you know, all business. He's ready. He put, he put every single person in that organization's needs ahead of his own. And you know, it, it's it, it's crazy to think how that he's done this for so many years and the type of person that he's been to every single person. He's the first person that people want to see when they come back. And that's it. That people will come back just to see Fernando and that's it. You know, that's that's the one piece of of history that a lot of people hang on to. And they um, you know, when we were kind of getting those videos together for Fernando to you know, to show to him, it was the easiest request that anyone has ever made, or at least that I've had to make in my position here with the club. It's yeah. What do you need? What do you want me to, what do you want? When do you need this? Because, and they're like, how long does, how long can this video be? Because I've got a lot to say about Fernando. And so I think that the amount of videos we got in for him, it, you could probably make a movie about it and maybe we'll have to release that one day. But I think that's, it just goes to show what kind of person he is and the type of approach that he had to not only his job, but taking care of the players, the coaches, the staff along the way. He truly, he, legend gets thrown around a lot, but he truly is, in every sense of the word, he is the legend of this club. And I don't know if there'll ever be another person walking through, you know, those doors that will have a bigger impact. I, I, it's, I don't think it will ever happen. Connor, real quick before we take a break and then we'll get Fernando on. Give me a Fernando story that links Connor Laid to Fernando Ruiz on, on some level that I, I won't say that nobody would know about because maybe that's too personal, but just, just a fun story to kind of illustrate his relationship with you and yours with him. Yeah. You know, I think obviously the one that comes to mind, I, we, we, me and Fernando, our relationship where our sense of humor was very similar. So we clicked right away. And I think, you know, Probably I'd always try to scare him around the facility and uh, you know, whether that's I'd hide in the laundry bin under everyone's nasty, sweaty clothes, just to kind of get that one moment to scare him. He'd have a, he'd have a boot, uh, uh, this huge cardboard box that guys would put their uh, old boots into that he would bring back to Columbia and donate to kids down there. And we'd uh, you know, I got in that once you know, under, underneath these old stinky cleats, it got under there and tried to scare him. Um, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd get cardboard boxes, pretend it was, you know, tape them up and pretend that he, you know, there was, there was a, a package coming in, but probably the best one ever was, uh, getting in the, the dryer. Um, and so when he came in, I actually waited in there for a while and I thought he was coming in quicker than that, but obviously being Fernando get to, for him to get from point a to point b took forever because everyone wanted to talk to him and he was talking to everyone and trying to get everyone's needs met and so i was in that dryer for probably a good 15 20 minutes and uh 
I was worried when he came in that he was just going to hit the button or something, but everything was dry in there. So I kept the door cracked a little bit. And I think he's got the video somewhere, but popped out. And, you know, as the years went on, you know, I I was saying to him, I was like, I can't be scaring you anymore. I, I you know, this is, this is getting too much. I'm getting too nervous, obviously, but he's, listen, he, he had a great time with it. He, uh, his sense of humor is just something that I'll always miss around the facility. And, Listen, I, I think we're we're going to have uh, a good time with him, try to get some of the good stories out of him. And I don't think we're going to even get get nearly enough. So we're this is probably going to be a multi-episode thing. The Stuff of Legends. Fernando Ruiz joins us right after this quick break on our Red Bull Weekly Podcast. New York Red Bulls Weekly brought to you in part by the New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT makes industry-ready engineers in more than 20 fields if it's engineering, it's at NJIT, number one of the nation for student upward economic mobility. Learn more at njit.edu. We are back here on our Red Bull Weekly podcast as Connor and I were just talking about uh, maybe the most fun potential interview that we have had all year. He is the link to the past from 1996 to now 2021, Fernando Ruiz, who is retiring at the end of this season as the kit man for this New York Red Bull team. Fernando, thanks so much for coming on and giving us some time. Um, I, I would say how are things, but that probably opens the door for you to answer that in so many different ways. I feel like with this one, Connor, we're going to have to be very specific as to how we ask the questions. Absolutely. Well, Fernando. First, let me uh, thank you guys for uh, allowing me to be on the program. It was a dream of mine to be here. But, uh, you guys never called me, man. Well, we're waiting for that. We're waiting for the big moment for you. We saved the best for you know the end of the year. We wanted to get you through the year, and obviously, you know, we know you wanted to. There's a lot of emotion that goes into this, you know, after such a long time, and so we wanted to let you savor this year before getting you on. And obviously, we got more to go. But yeah, how's this year gone for you? What's 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 this been like, kind of? nearing the end well uh, at first i tried to uh not think about it just immerse myself in my work and uh let the time ro roll by and then worry about it when the time came well the time has come and i'm thinking about it uh i don't know i'm gonna miss miss the guys i'm gonna miss miss you guys and uh, miss be being here on the team and everything. But after all that, uh, I must say that it's time for me to go. I, 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 I feel it in my bones. I'm ready. You, you, know, you know, Fernando, what, what's so interesting about this story on some levels is prior to the pandemic coming in, I can remember being in Salt Lake City at the home of Real Salt Lake and making sure that I was there for them to flash up in March of 2020. Congratulations. Uh, enjoy, enjoy this last year because last year was supposed to be your last year. And, and I think it's so fitting that you decided not to go out last season and come back for another year so that you could kind of experience a little bit more normal. Things aren't completely back to normal, but just talk about maybe if you can, um, why why you decided to come back for another year rather than leaving at the end of last season like you had originally kind of thought you would? Well, the main two two reasons was I had a 
surgery on my hand. The, the preseason for 2020 was really painful and tiring. And, you know, I couldn't sleep and this and that. So I had the surgery and after that, I was great. And second, like, like you said, no fans around, no one to share the moment with. And uh, I, I decided I discussed the situation with Sean. You know, I don't want to get him angry or nothing. And, um, you know, we agree that it would be better if I uh, ride into the sunset on, on 2021. And, and so very fitting. You mentioned, Sean, obviously, that is your son who's going to take over for you. Um, and, and listen, Connor, as, as we do this, there's no particular order to how we're asking things. But since you mentioned it, Fernando, it, it's got to make you feel um, so proud and still connected to the club, even as you retire, whenever that might be at this point as the team heads into the playoffs on Saturday, um, knowing that Sean will take over for you. I mean, that that is – that, that can't be a better way to have a lasting legacy than your son who's worked with you for so many years to now take over for you. You are 100% right. Um, having Sean stay here and uh, carry on the tradition, if you want to call it that, uh, it's, it's, it's very important to me. I still feel, feel the connection. And I'll be able to call him and get all the gossip. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, but really, um, having shown all these years with me, it's been great. You know, I, I still remember the first Father's Day that I spent with him on the road. He was in San Jose and he, he was Father's Day. And up to that year, we were usually on the road on Father's Day. But that, that year was so special that he was, he was there. So I... I remember that game when he came over and he gave me a present. And, you know, it was, it was a good moment. It was a good moment. I knew that after that we were going on the right track. And uh, Sean, is, he's been ready. He's been running the show behind closed door for the last year, year or two. And uh, he's, he's, like I said, he's 100% ready. Yeah, that's got to be com comforting for you. And obviously, we know the club's in good hands. Obviously, you've trained him well. And uh, you're not far away either if you see him slacking at all. I know you'll be the, the first one to come back if he if he's not keeping up with things. But, Fernando, I want to rewind the clock a little bit. Obviously, uh, you are probably the closest thing to a, an encyclopedia of this this club and its entire history that we have. Um, so I want to, I want to hear a little bit about the early days. I know we've talked about this throughout the years, but you know, you start with the Red Bulls in 96 and you know, you're not even working full time with the club. You're still working with NJ transit as well. Take us through the balance of kind of what that looked like with working with NJ transit and then coming to Red Bulls and working, uh, or excuse me with the Metro stars, uh, and working in that regard. Well, at first I was only working, uh, game, game days with, uh, Sandy Rapaglia. Then um, I was asked to work with the first team as much as I could. So my involvement was limited basically to showing up after four when I left my other job and do the laundry and set up the locker room for the next day. 
and take care of any any of the guys, especially the coaches that stay late and they were working out and this and that. But my, my main job was to make sure that the locker room was 100% set for the following day. And uh, little by little, I kept ask, being asked to do this and do that. And they kept drawing me in. <laughs> and uh, then Giovanni Savarese started with the uh, academies. And there's where Sean started. He was, he was still in the, maybe his senior year of uh, high school when he took upon the responsibility of uh, working with all the academy teams. Eventually, at first it was only one or two and we could handle that as well as the first team. But then he came down to a choice. Do we stay with the first team or do we stay with the academy? And obviously we chose to come with the first team. So. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I, I remember coming up through the academy. Listen, you talk about a club legend and your name was top of the list then. It's still every academy player coming up knew you because you were so connected with the club. So it was always comforting for players to come up, you know, young kids coming up to train with the first team, how how daunting that is. And you're so nervous walking in the locker room, but immediately you get to see your face and you crack a joke instantly. You make them feel comfortable. So, you know, it, incredible what you've done in the club. And I, especially for young players coming up to have a comforting face like you to come in and you know, help transition. It's incredible. And obviously the connection with the academy, yeah, a beautiful face. Oh. Matt, you talked about the most fun guest we've had. Definitely the most beautiful one as well. Cause well, look at that. thank you very much. <laughs> and I'm sure he would be the first one to agree with that as well. Um, for, Fernando, from a, from a standpoint of what Connor was just talking about, starting with the days in major league soccer in 1996, how many times, cause you've seen the league change and evolve so many times, how many times in the early days, listen, Steve, Steve Jolly and I talk about this um, from time to time on our radio broadcast as well. How many times did you think maybe the league wasn't going to be there from one season to the next? Because the, the early days, the first five, six years, maybe um, it, it hadn't really made its mark for everyone where there was probably some worry that the league might not even last from season to season. Not even once. There were so many people working so hard that I knew we were going some somewhere. We, we didn't have no option but go up. I mean, there were so many good, smart people that were willing and able to be 100% committed to the MLS. And, and finally, I got the first sign that we were really going to make it when uh, who was it? Columbus built the first the first stadium. That that for me was the sign that we are here to stay. And now you see so many um, new buildings. Is, is there is there a place? So with all of these new facilities, and even this year not being able to travel to any, as many Western Conference teams, what's the spot that you're going to say? I wish I could have gotten to before I retired. I'm trying to think, is it is it only Austin that you haven't been to? Probably. 
probably. But if there is one place that I I envy, for the lack of a better term, is the home locker room at Casey. What a beauty. What a beauty. Uh, hopefully, the new one at the new new place will be, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be better than here. And uh, we'll be, again, among the best locker rooms in the league. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be. That that's that's the goal for sure, and I think we we're gonna need your help, Fernando. That's that's the big part. We need. I'm there. You're gonna, be, you're gonna be the consultant, and I think the one thing that definitely is gonna be hanging, whatever kit room, what the kit room looks like there, obviously is gonna have your name on the top of it. It has to. Okay. But but there's, you know, the bracelets are one defining thing of yours for sure. But I think one that many people don't know about. There's got to be a golden dipped machete there so let's let's talk, let's talk a little bit about the machete and how long you when did you introduce the machete into your into your kind of practice day ritual obviously for the fans listening out there if there's one thing that fernando always carried with him was a machete when balls got kicked in the woods i remember seeing him at montclair state i don't know if how many things you knocked down with that but you could have taken down a tree with that thing how, how well you wielded that well I'll tell you, that's 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 the place when everything started with the machete. Uh, Montclair State, because I had to go in the weeds and find find the balls. I don't I don't like to lose anything. You know, I'm like a vacuum cleaner. I see everything. I bring everything back back into the locker room, and I keep exact count how many balls I take out. And when one is missing. I go, I go on a mission to uh, find it. Lately here, the, 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 the grass is so overgrown that I have failed many times. <laughs> I go in there, it's like a safari, and I still can't find it. So yeah, from, from the Montclair days, and I still have one in the golf cart. It's not as big as the one in Montclair, but uh, it's there just, just in case of a uh, any emergency, if you get fresh or anything, I have it. <laughs> I know. You threatened me with the blunt end of that plenty of times, for sure, for kicking balls over the nets. But sure and, and, I'm, and I know Rafa Marquez kept you busy when he would get frustrated <laughs> during training at Montclair. He would punt balls in the train station. He'd punt them into the woods. He kept you busy, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Him and uh, Juninho. Yeah. Juninho was uh, notable for... <laughs> Fernando Fernando Ruiz joining us here on a Red Bull Weekly podcast. Fernando, you're known and, and anyone in your position known as a kit man as opposed to an equipment manager. Tell me, even though the, the jobs are essentially the same, which title you prefer and how the, the phrase kit man kind of came to be within the, the sport of soccer. I could be wrong, but I think Kidman came from the teams in Europe because here it's always been called equipment manager. So once we started to play the international teams and bring in uh, team manager, uh, team, the president of the team, and they brought that uh, name with them. So they, they advertised jobs no longer as an equipment manager, but as a kid man. And 
that's that's the way it basically is now. We we no longer use uh, equipment manager, but me, I I prefer to be called an equipment manager. You prefer, you, you prefer equipment manager? Yes, I do. Definitely. Okay. I I would I would have guessed the other. What does what does Sean prefer? Uh, what Sean prefers? It's, it's got to be Kitman. His, like, it's, his Instagram handle, I'm pretty sure, is NY Kitman. So he's got to, yeah. I think that's where the separation we can find between the two. For, Fernando, you, you, you have seen um, so many teams, players come in and out of Montclair State, Giant Stadium, Red Bull Training Facility, Red Bull Arena. I am curious to this because I don't think you don't strike me and, and haven't struck me in the last seven years that I've been working for the team as somebody who would be awestruck by anybody walking into the building. Was there a player or a team that when they came to train needed the facility you got to work with that, that you even kind of pinched yourself and said, wow, I can't believe I'm around whoever that player might be. Without a doubt, it's, it's got to be the Colombian national team. I mean, it's, it's, it was so great to finally meet the, the guys that were born in my hometown or guys that I, I briefly met back in Colombia when they were younger and spent time with Valderrama, Adolfo Train Valencia, Radamel, Ospina, is is I mean the numbers go the names I'm sorry go on and on and on, and um, as far as a team that 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 I was like wow was uh, Manu. And the player that 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 really took me aback was uh, Rooney. He was a beast. I mean, you know when when a train is coming there is like a cost of wind in front of it that blows all the papers and everything. Oh, that's, that was Rooney. Mm -hmm. When he was running down, down the sideline, one day I was, I was standing there. I could swear I felt the wind knock, knock me back. What a guy. What a guy. What, what, what was it like, Fernando, to that point when, um, with Red Bull, when you had a Thierry Henry come in? How, how, do you, how do you balance a big name like that on a day-to-day -day basis against – younger players that might be coming up through the academy to make everybody kind of feel special, but also understand this is one of the best players to, in essence, ever, ever play in the sport. Well, I, I tried to, well, I didn't try. I did treat everyone the same, but it is undeniable that you, you play, you pay special attention to names like Henry, Rafa Marquez, Donadoni, Juninho. It's just the way things things are. It's not that I take away anything from the younger guys to give it to those those guys. He said I I'm at the personal level, maybe I'm a little bit more available to those guys. Some some of them are used to having two, three equipment managers. Back back in the day it was only me. So I had to make sure all the wishes were were met, and and I'll tell you, I haven't met 
a, a, a big star like that that was rude or, 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 or nasty or anything. They were fantastic people. I I forgot socks for Rafa Marquez one day. We were in Montclair. So he came down and very, very nice. He said, excuse me, you forgot my socks. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I gave him the socks. Make sure it never happened again. But he didn't come down angry or nasty or, you know, fantastic, fantastic people. All of them. All of them. Fernando, I think above all, I think that's just a testament to you, you know, the and the command, the respect that you command around this place. I think everyone who comes in, no matter what the stature is, whether that's an academy kid coming up to train, whether that's a Thierry Henry, they know that you are the, the heart of this club and that you command that respect. So I think that's a testament to you. I think obviously those guys have been around done a lot of great things but the way that they treat you it's it's very well deserved because you you command that respect within the locker room and i think on on the thierry note obviously i remember when when he obviously when he came in when i got on the team and he made that big switch from i believe he was with reebok and he goes to puma i remember the amount of bags that came in filled with Puma stuff. It looked like an entire team traveling to preseason filled with Puma stuff that came in. What is the task like of that? Just managing those types of things that come in for these big stars. And obviously he's got just tons and tons of merch and cleats and, and shoes coming in. And obviously it's left on the doorstep for you to deal with. Well, yes and no. My, my, my job was basically to put 90% of those bags in his truck. He didn't leave him behind. He took him. <laughs> yeah. And then the rest, I just I just had to find a place for it. You know, that's that's what we do. We make the difficult look easy. And and as far as the subject of respect, I think the players give what they get. I I have never uh been asked something and I make an ugly face or 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 a nasty remark. Whenever I've been asked for something, even if I'm in the middle of three other things, I, I always say, okay, I'll be with you in a minute, you know, with a smile and this and that. And it's not that I try, it's just the way that I am. You know, I respect the guys. I, I Sometimes I wish I was them. They do things that with a ball that I can. So, you know, I respect those, those guys in so many levels as as family men as people and obviously as players yeah i mean i think you you're absolutely right you you treat everyone with the same same level and obviously as a player we we all appreciated that fernando um i want to know as you know talking about requests a little bit do you have one of what's the i mean you've done laundry like not only laundry the for training gear and you know, game day kit. You and Sean would do some players, you know, personal laundry. You would do things for staff members. I want to know what the strangest request you ever got as an equipment manager throughout the years. Wow. I've never been asked that. The strangest request. Wow. You got me on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I can't think of anything because, I mean, whenever I'm asked for for something or to do something, I just do it. 
Yeah. I don't I don't see it as difficult or easy, but I don't know. I uh, as far as as far as uniforms, the the the, the guy that got me was uh, Howard, Timmy Howard. Yeah. He he was playing his last game with us in DC, and he always asked me for something that wasn't there. <laughs> and I tried to put everything. If I had white, green, blue, and yellow socks, he would ask me for the black ones. So that day, his, his locker was full of everything. So he comes in, he used to call me um, Big Daddy, Big Man, something like that. And he sits down in front of the lock and starts going to stuff. And I'm watching him. From, <laughs> I'm watching Tim. I say, I got you, man. I got you. Finally, he says, Big Daddy, Big Daddy. Said, yes, Timmy. Where are the shin guards that I was wearing last year? <laughs> oh, the ones you told me to throw out? Yeah, those. I said, well, I threw them out. Uh, okay, don't worry about it. So <laughs> the last game of the of his time here, he got me. He hey. got, got you because of of shin guards. Um, well, from the previous year that he didn't want any year. But he got uh, me. <laughs> those, those players can be such a pain, I guess, Fernando. No question. Tell tell me what was the what was the most unique um, jersey exchange that you had to do after a game. Wow. Uh, we were in London and uh, an Argentinian player whose name I can't think of right now wanted Rafa Marquez's uh, jersey. Our game had already started. We were playing Arsenal. And I don't know if you recall, but at the beginning of the game, I had to go and switch the goalie's jersey right in the middle of the game. So I was busy. Riquelme. Here comes Riquelme. Fernando, I want Rafa Marquez jersey now. We are leaving. I said, I can't leave the bench. I want it now. I said, I, I can't give it to you. Blah, blah. Oh, we are going back and forth in the middle of the game. <laughs> Finally, I asked Rafa, like, Rafa, is he okay? He knew. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ran back into the locker room. I got the jersey and I gave it to Riquelme. Now, my worry is, what happens is Rafa's jersey rips. I don't have a replacement. <laughs> so the whole game, I'm sweating bullets like, no, please, don't rip, don't rip. <laughs> so that was, that was one that I'll, I'll always remember. Fernando, what among other things that you will remember, because you have seen the highs of 2013, 15, and 18 winning the Supporter Shield. You have seen the lows of the 1999 and 2009 seasons where things were not great. Um, what, what will be the thing that you will miss the most after retirement? The guys, the locker room, game day. Right. No, no substitute for it, right? Oh no, 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 
that is there is nothing in life that will will replace that even if which is not going to happen even if i was to go work for a different team being in here has been so special and i learned so much and i met so many fantastic people that nothing will compare to working for the metro stars and the red bulls I know that uh, on behalf of, of, of everyone, essentially, and that everyone includes broadcasters, staff, players, fans, supporters, administrative people, um, we have really enjoyed having you on. Um, I can remember my very first game that I did for Red Bull Radio in 2015, walking into the locker room for a coach's interview, and you were one of the first people that I passed. And to Connor's point, made to feel special, important, part of the group immediately. Um, I, I, I'll let Connor have the final word, but I, I'll tell you that I don't think anyone will walk around and not kind of think, where's Fernando um, over over the, the next foreseeable future? It has been nothing but a pleasure to be around you and to have the opportunity to know you. Thank you. Like, likewise, you guys, very professional very respectful and you have made me feel like I am a friend of yours and, and friend is a term that I don't use loosely because uh, being a friend is so many things it's being the guy you call at two o'clock in, in the morning when your car breaks breaks down that's that's a friend so my love and respect for you guys and I don't know if I if I could give a shout to somebody. Of course. Hey, floor is yours, Bobby. Okay, I want to give give a shout to my friend Shep Messing. I admire you as a player. I got myself. I didn't want to do do this. And I have a lot of respect for you as a man and as a broadcaster. Love you, man. Fernando, obviously, you know, I don't want to get emotional either right now because that's, you know, <laughs> you're, you're going to get me too, man. But yeah, you, there's nothing more special from, you know, my time with the club than the relationship really that I had with you. And I'm going to miss that day-to-day -day interaction you know just all the all the jokes you know sharing some cups of coffee just the conversations we have so we're going to keep this going maybe we're going to have to get you back on this podcast a couple more times because we haven't even tapped the surface when it comes to the stories that you have so we're going to get you back on here and keep keep racking through your brain but fernando again on behalf of the club and everyone obviously you're so special so so special and i hope you really take some time to enjoy retirement and i I can't say that I can promise that I won't be popping out of a dryer in your house now because that was one of my favorite things to do to you at the facility. Oh, that was that was unbelievable. That that video is is one of the funniest videos I've ever watched. But I'm I'm definitely gonna organize a time with Evelyn that I'm gonna pop in the dryer at your house for sure. So you I don't, I don't do the laundry at home. <laughs> that, all right well that day you might have to go take some out of the dryer and i'm gonna be there puppy but again from the bottom of our hearts thank you so much again you you truly are the heart and soul of this club and we know obviously with sean it's going to be in great hands but you will be dearly dearly missed and 
We thank love you. you and thank you for everything, Padrino. Yeah, and I'll miss you guys too. Love you. That is Fernando Ruiz, as Connor said, the encyclopedia of the Metro Star Red Bull history. Um, we wrap up this Red Bull Weekly podcast, a special one for us here today. Looking forward, Fernando, to seeing you on Saturday in Philadelphia and hoping that that is not the last game for you. The equipment manager, you will be recognized as not the kit man, my friend. Let, for- me, let me add something. The head equipment manager, number one, numero uno. Numero uno. No question about it. For Connor Wade, this is Matt Harmon. Thanks for all of us here on the New York Red Bull radio side of things. This has been another edition of Red Bull Weekly.